Sports Pan lives here on ESPN-UP, online with our rap Tanner Hoops with you. Glad you're along this Wednesday afternoon. It's ABC 10 Wednesday. John Michael Hoefling in the house. What's up, Mike? Not much, man. Always good to be back. Good to have you here. Yeah. You busy? Yeah. It very like busy. I hardly see any more except yeah. for this. Yeah, well, this and the pressers on Tuesday, that right? That too. Right, man. Yeah, I'm working a lot of the late shifts lately. Mm-hmm. Just not much sports going on. There, Like, there's sports going on, but... Not a lot of it, so yeah, it's all spaced con- out. Yeah, very spaced out. So I have to more work the late shifts now. Tyree's working the early shifts, so yeah, it doesn't lead me to many off nights. I miss Tyree. Tyree's yeah. fun to have on here, I'm, man. But I'm, yeah, I would too, man. I get to see him every day. So. <laughs> I know you don't miss him. I miss Tyree. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I will address the elephant in the room. I can kind of talk today. I'm doing my darndest. I said I was coming down with a cold yesterday. It's full blown now. It's hit. So. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through this. We're going to make it through it. Hopefully. uh, No sick days. No days off. None. That's a Drew Brees commercial, I think. I'm not sure about that. I think so. I think that's a NyQuil commercial. Okay. (laughs) Either or, we have a lot to get to today. We've got our picks to update you on. We've got the college football playoff rankings, some basketball to talk about. And at what point is the juice worth the squeeze? The Houston Astros could have answered that question for us. All that and more over the course next hour, but let's start with our picks. 11 weeks in the book. We have got week 12 starting tomorrow night. I'm 36 and 19. Ryan Stieg is 35 and 20. Jake Durant's 34 and 21. Mike and Tyree are both 31 and 24. Gosh, so we're, we're so right far there. behind. Five games back of first place. <laughs> You're right there. I've been I've been struggling. I was second and one game back two weeks oh, ago. You had that hot run. I know, yeah. So I tell you what, here are the games that we're picking this weekend. It begins with Thursday night football tomorrow as the Colts travel to Houston. They take on the Texans. We picked this one earlier. It was part of our pick mm-hmm. because it was on ESPN-UP one Sunday afternoon. Now it's going to be on Thursday night football. They love the AFC South on Thursday night football. Have you noticed that? Well, because Thursday night football is always for the least interesting matchups. <laughs> That's the AFC South? Yeah. The <laughs> AFC South is a team that has no particularly great teams or great stars. Like, other than Deshaun Watson, maybe, there's not really anybody. Other than Gardner Minshew, of course. Right. Yeah. Gardner Minshew, that Colts offensive line. Yeah, the Colts Derek offensive Henry. line. <laughs> yeah, so they've got a lot of big stars, right? So they, they need to make sure that Thursday Night Football has all the the stars, the the AFC South stars, because that's just the most intriguing conference. Did you see Quentin Nelson's celebration on Sunday? A big man getting a touchdown. That's special. Like Mike Golick Jr. said during his show earlier this week, that when a big man scores, all the big men score. The entire mm-hmm. offensive line mm-hmm. scores. If somebody gets in, gets their chance to do a touchdown, his uh, touchdown dance Absolutely nailed it. Keg stand, touchdown dance, nice. and the touchdown got called back. Oh, He did it for nothing, but it was a great highlight. That makes me sad, man. I know. that. I wish that that would have stood just for the celebration. Yeah. I hope he does it again, though. They don't get enough credit, man. Marlon Mack was fourth in the league in rushing last mm-hmm. year. And, like, other than Quentin Nelson, how many Colts offensive linemen can you name? Um, Costanzo, he's pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah, Anthony Costanzo. He's Costanzo's good. pretty good. Other than that, um... I don't know. Exactly. Like, they're such a good <laughs> offensive line, but nobody gives them credit. If only they were there when Andrew Luck was there. Oh, that's true. If only they put that group together in front of big number 12. Either or, we've got that game to pick tomorrow. Colts at Texans. I'm not honestly sure where I'm going in this one, Mike. I'm tending to lean toward Houston because they're at home. They have Deshaun Watson. 
but they laid an absolute egg Sunday against Baltimore. That's exactly why I am going with Houston, mm-hmm. just because coming off a huge loss like that, they've got something to prove. They're now tied with the Colts for first in that division, and the Colts actually have the tiebreaker because they won the first round. They can't afford to lose this one. I think I'm with you. I think I will say that Houston avoids putting up goose eggs back-to-back. I think Houston's going to do this on their home field. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Sunday in the two games we have here in ESPN-UP. The early game, we've got Carolina at New Orleans. Yeah, that's New Orleans. That is New Orleans. Kyle Allen is probably not the future there. No. It's almost time to give Will Greer a shot. See Ooh. what you got out of him. I do like Will Greer. I mean, I've said this on the show before. Yeah. Will Greer and Drew Locke are the two guys that I really like. I, why aren't we seeing Drew Locke? Like someone free Drew Locke. You're not going to the playoffs Brandon, this year. Brandon Allen's not that bad, though. No, he's not. But you got to see what you're getting out of Drew Locke. I guess. I think Carolina should definitely free Will Greer. I don't think Kyle Allen's the future. I don't, I don't, Maybe Will I don't Greer think. I don't think Carolina's at that point yet. Denver, yes. But Carolina's 5-5. Five and five. Like That's definitely playoff material. But they're not going to the playoffs. Who knows, man? Who they knows? are a one-man offense. <laughs> they are not going to the playoffs. One and a half when Greg Olson's having a good day. That's true. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? We've got the, oh, another AFC South matchup here in our pick'em because it's on ESPN UP. Nice, love it. In the afternoon on Sunday, Jacksonville at Tennessee. Oh, I can hardly contain myself for that one. I can so hardly sit still. You know what I've said about Jackson uh, about Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. They win the games they're not supposed to win, and they lose the games they are supposed to win. Mm-hmm. They should beat Jacksonville. So they're not going to beat Jacksonville. <laughs> I'm picking Jacksonville. Nick Foles finally gets his first win as a starter. Yeah, I'll take with that. Jacksonville. Yeah. I wonder. I I honestly don't know where I stand on this one yet. I'm kind of leaning toward Jacksonville to do it, but Tennessee is one of those teams that always has to be around the eight nine win mark every season. Mm-hmm. They're five and five right now. Like if the record was four and six or six and four, I just pick the opposite of whatever they are. Like if they had a win record, I'd pick that they'd lose. I know, and they're always one of those five hundred middle of the road teams. I just they're hard to pick. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to go with Jacksonville in this one. Yeah, I'm going to take Jacksonville to get the win at Tennessee. Sunday night football, the flex game. We've got Green Bay at San Francisco. I'm excited for this one. Green Bay at San Francisco is going to be obviously the game of the week. Everything everybody's watching. I'm actually doing a uh, Monday Minute on hey. this. It's going to be airing on Thursday, so not a Monday Minute, but <laughs> yeah. In my Monday Minute... I picked the Packers. Did you pick the Why? I'm a bigger fan of the game than I am of any particular team. That's okay. what I always like to say. So when I'm doing my predictions, I don't like to show any sort of particular bias. The Niners are without... They have a hobbled Emmanuel Sanders, no George Kittle, no Debo Samuel, no Dante Pettis, no Jason Verrett, no Akello Witherspoon, no Quan Alexander, no D. Ford, no Matt Breida, no Jarek McKinnon, no Robbie Gold. But you know what they do have? Jimmy G. They do have Jimmy they G. Do and he's, Jimmy. he's the weakest part of that <laughs> offense. Um, meanwhile, this, the Packers, their biggest loss right now is like Ty Summers. Equinemius St. Brown. EQ. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Whereas the Niners have literally lost half their team. <laughs> but they are at home. They are at home. Home field advantage. That, uh, the, the Seahawks <laughs> beat them at home. And that was a close one too, but... Mm. I think that Aaron Rodgers outduels Jimmy Garoppolo. That being said, I do think it's going to be an Aaron Jones game. Mm, okay. The Niners are the best team in the league at pass defense. They're allowing the fewest yards per game. But the Niners' rush defense is 20th per game. Mm. So, <laughs> You know, I, I you make a great case for Green Bay. And on paper, 
given everything that you just laid out, I should pick Green Bay. But I have a feeling. I hate feelings. I wish I could turn feelings off. But I just have this feeling that San Fran is going to win in their home field. I would like to see it. Uh, I trust me, I would. And I, this isn't a, this isn't a dig on the Packers. I just I'm a Niners. I know fan. you're a Niners fan, yeah. so you, you're entitled to that opinion to feel that way. I don't have any sort of backing for me picking the Niners. Like on paper, everything says Green Bay should go into San Fran and well, win that game. The, I just don't think they will. I don't know why. I just have this weird feeling. Well, there are a couple things that point in San Francisco's direction, namely Aaron Rodgers' home road splits. You know he's taken more than twice as many sacks on the road than at home this Is that year? Right. In two less games. How about that? Six games at home he's taken seven sacks. Four games on the road he's taken fifteen. Hmm. Yeah. So like, and then yards per game, he's down by almost a hundred. It's three hundred one to two twenty six. Mm. Like the touchdowns per game is down by is down like he's he's averaging two touchdowns per game passing touchdowns. On the road, he's averaging about one point two. So Aaron Rodgers is way worse on the road, but that's why I think it's going to be an Aaron Jones game. But if it is going to be an Aaron Jones game, the Niners have shown that they can withstand really great rushing performances, like when they faced Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. One hundred and seventeen <laughs> yards and a touchdown. And they won by 38. It's a pretty good case. You should be a lawyer. Thanks, man. Because now you're giving me validation for my feelings. I, like, so I, I was when I was looking into this, I was like, the Niners statistically, like Aaron Rodgers being worse, they've handled really good rushers before. They're at home. They should win. But no George Kittle, no Robbie Gould. Uh, I'm not going to list off all those players again, mm. but... Yeah, that's why I'm picking the Packers. We might see this rematch, though, with both teams at full strength, or at least near full strength in the postseason. There's a real likely possibility it could happen. I hope it does. I'd I'd love to see this matchup at full strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think i got to go with the Niners, just for my feelings and whatever you said. (laughs) Give me validation. (laughs) I tell you what. All right. Let's see, what else do we have here? We've got Monday Night Football. This is kind of an interesting one. Baltimore travels to L.A. to take on the Rams. You don't normally see those two teams together. No, you don't. But that being said, I can't wait for the Niners to take on Baltimore, too. That's happening later this year. Mm. I think next week is the Saints and then Baltimore's right after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you and Tyree are going to be at each other's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been talking about this since, like, week four, about (laughs) who's the better team. Because he's saying, oh, the the Saints crushed the Seahawks, so the Saints are the better team. And I'm like, you lost to the Rams, and the Niners beat the Rams. They lost to the Falcons, too. They also lost to the Falcons, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he and I have been at each other's throats, and it's going to be even worse next week. Is there a better-looking head coaching matchup than what we're going to get on Sunday Night <laughs> Football between Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan? I don't know, man. Uh, Andy Reid and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Andy Reid and, and, uh, and uh, Bill Belichick, maybe? Bill Belichick, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Uh, he's a that stellar could, that guy. That gets up there for sure. <laughs> the only one that could rival it is if Kingsbury coached against McVay. Okay, that's fair. Which does happen twice a year. Yeah. A couple of good-looking dudes. Yeah. <laughs> that is pick Nothing wrong with that. Let's pick them as we play here in the sports pen every week. Tanner Hoops, John Michael. Wait, we didn't, we didn't even pick that Monday game. Did we not? No. I'm sorry. I'm so out of it today. <laughs> I am just trying to load up on my cough drops and NyQuil trying to get out of it. Don't blame you, dude. I am going with Baltimore in this one, though. I'm going with L.A. Are you really? I think L.A. matches up really well. Their defensive line can probably contain Lamar Jackson pretty well. No, they can't. You don't think so? No one can contain him. No one? I don't think anyone matches up well with Lamar Jackson. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's going to come down to how well Lamar Jackson runs, and I think the I think the, the Rams, if anybody, have pretty good tools. That defensive line is going to create a pretty good pass rush. With Jalen Ramsey there, I think it's going to be harder for Lamar to pass as well. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams upset this one. I just can't get by 
Lamar Jackson losing to Jared Goff. Although the Rams seem to have figured out a formula limiting Goff to less than 20 pass attempts a game and feeding Gurley. Well, they have to go back to what they relied on. Yeah, early early this season when they were uh, what three when they were two and three, I think mm-hmm. they were relying way too much on Jared Goff. Yeah, turned into bad problems. They won three in a row and then proceeded to lose their next one. But still, they're relying way too much on him. I just can't see Lamar Jackson losing to this Rams team. I mean, th- that defensive line, you're right, is scary. It's for real. They will contain Mark Ingram. I don't think they can contain Lamar Jackson as a runner. Well, if that's the case, I think it's going to come down to that. I think it's going to be closer than people are anticipating. If you're a betting man, which none of us here are, of course, <laughs> if you're a betting man, I'd probably take the, the Rams to cover the spread. You're not heading down to Escanaba and just hammering the spread? No, no. Can't do that. He's giving me the wink here in the studio. We're busy on Saturday, man, so like, won't have the time to do that. And we got a big day coming up Saturday. We do. Eight-man state player champion. Whatever, that was a bet. Let's try that again. (laughs) Eight-player state championship games here at the Uper Dome. Mike and I are going to be in the call for the MHSA Network. It's going to be a fun one. Starting to do research. A couple of good ones. By the way, did you see I left that chart there for you? Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay, good. Yeah, I I wanted to make sure you got that. I forgot. I'm glad you brought it up. (laughs) Let's take our first time out. When we come back, we'll give you our takes on the college football playoff rankings. React to that. Plus, we'll throw in a chaos scenario next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad you're along this Wednesday afternoon. Well, the College Football Playoff Rankings Edition 3 came out last night. No changes in the top 7. Minnesota stays in the top 10. And Wisconsin-Michigan come in 12-13 and 13 respectively. Anything that stood out to you, surprised you, maybe you didn't agree with from those rankings? No, I actually really appreciate those rankings. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the college football playoff committee does a pretty good job in most in most scenarios. I mean, I know that you want to see Minnesota still up there and whatnot, but I mean... I'm actually surprised they're still in the top ten. I, I, I'm not. Honestly, really? okay. yeah, w- w- just with what they've been able to do, wins over... They've, they've had some pretty good wins, and yeah, this past week was bad, and other teams have beat, like Michigan beat Iowa earlier this year, but mm. I still think that they have enough impressive wins to garner consideration. Well, you look at that top seven, they didn't change. You still have LSU at number one, Ohio State's number two, and then you've got Clemson, Georgia, Alabama at number five, Oregon, and Utah. So Penn State moves up to number eight. Oklahoma's 9, Minnesota's 10. Florida, I thought, would get into the top 10 over Minnesota. They sit at number 11. Here's the thing. I'm okay with Minnesota being ahead of Florida. I know Florida's probably got better wins on their resume than Minnesota, but they still have two losses, so I'm okay with Minnesota being in the top 10 over Florida. I think there's a better case, though, for Minnesota to be ahead of Oklahoma. It, that that's what I don't. Honestly, get. I have not been impressed with Oklahoma since no. like week five. No, and, and you know maybe they would have moved up a little bit more had they won convincingly against Baylor, but they didn't. They had to come from twenty five down to win. But the resume to me looks better for Minnesota when you compare good wins versus bad losses. Put it up against Oklahoma. Minnesota beat Penn State. Oklahoma's best win is Baylor. Penn State's a better win. And it wasn't a convincing win. No, no. And the the two losses that each school had, Oklahoma lost to a four-loss K-State team. Minnesota lost to a ranked Iowa team. To me, Minnesota should be ahead of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That, that's just where I stand on I think it. that a lot of it has to do with, like, I think a lot of it has to do with hype. Yeah. I, I think that the one thing the CFP committee doesn't do well is they don't handle hype well. Alabama, 
is not nearly as good as LSU right now. Right. According to according to their game, but still somehow they're going to be in the playoff. I would probably. <laughs> we're going to go through that chaos scenario later, yep. and uh, odds are that I mean, odds are that one of those three SEC teams, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, is going to get knocked out, and I have a feeling it's going to be either Georgia or LSU, not Bama. Bama's always going to get in because it's Bama. So you feel like the college football playoff committee very much takes into account brand names. Yeah, and I think that Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, Lincoln Riley, they have a huge brand name attached to them. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley is the talk of the town right now. Yep. So I think that he's just got so much attached to him that people want to see him. It's like back in the NBA when Shaquille O'Neal was a thing, I remember there was a story. I can't remember who the player was, but it was near the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And Shaquille O'Neal had five fouls. And, you know, obviously if you commit six fouls, you're out of the game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't near the end of the game. It was like 10 minutes left or something like that, but it was a close game, but sort of toward the end. Anyway, Shaq commits a foul. They called on the other guy, and the referee straight up said that the fans are here to see him, not you. Mm. They called the foul on a different guy, Mm -hmm. and it's because they want to promote that brand. Like, yeah, you want the four best teams, but also you want people to be interested. Like, if you had Boise State in there or whatnot. Yep. Boise State's a good team. No one's going to deny that, Mm -hmm. but it's not as interesting a matchup as LSU... Oklahoma. Right. I mean, who travels better? Who's going to sell more tickets? Boise State or Alabama? You've got that brand recognition. But going up against teams like Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, I'm not sure Bama will have that recognition. But the biggest outlier might be Oregon, or the biggest threat to Bama, because the committee at some point will take into consideration the loss of Tua Tugavailoa for the rest of the season. I'm glad they didn't move Bama this week because they still won handily over Mississippi State. And I don't like it that you can punish Alabama for losing their quarterback. Give them a chance. See how they look with a backup quarterback with Mac Jones. Let them prove themselves. But when they are trying to get in the four best teams, I don't know if Bama's going to make it with a backup quarterback. I I don't know either. We don't know yet. I mean, even if they went out. Last year, Tua was the backup. And look at at what happened. They did pretty dang well. well, And this is the thing. They aren't going to make the SEC championship game. That's going to be LSU from that division. They don't have any toughies left this season. They've got Auburn left. And they have three losses. It doesn't matter, dude. One of those teams is going to lose. Georgia or LSU. But if Georgia wins, LSU would get in ahead of Bama. Yeah. That might keep Bama out of it. Yeah, that would keep Bama out of it. That would be the only scenario where I see that kind of stuff happening. Do you think that the Big 12 has any shot? Yeah. I think so. I think the Big 12 has a With Oklahoma? Yeah, a little bit of a shot. Like, if we're going to... Like, the chaos scenario you detailed to me earlier, Mm -hmm. a lot of things could happen. Yeah. I think Oklahoma has the best chance, but it's a small chance, but the fact that they're still in the rankings, they're still in the top 10 obviously means the people want to see them. Do you think the Pac-12 has a better shot than the Big 12? Absolutely. I there's two, two. T- there's two t- there's already two teams ahead of one uh, ahead of the, the only Big 12 team, so. Well, and Oklahoma's in a similar boat as Alabama. They don't have any resume builders coming up, you know, even if they get to the Big 12 championship and they win it, they'll probably play Baylor again. They just beat Baylor by 3, a team that was undefeated and they moved up like one spot. You think the committee's going to move them up five enough to get into the college football playoff or beating Baylor again? No. No, the committee doesn't respect Baylor. No, they need to defeat Baylor by even more. They need to defeat Baylor by like 35 if they want to get moved up. And I don't even think that'll be enough. No, I don't think... As I've always said, the teams that are in the CFP control their own destiny. Mm -hmm. You need to lose games in order to get knocked down for the most part. Mm -hmm. Because we're really late in the season now. 
So, unless there's there unless there's a team that's playing one insane team, which I think Ohio State's playing Michigan, like that that's gonna be that would be a pretty good win or something like Penn that. Penn State too. Yeah, a couple yeah. Ohio State's staying in. They but they need to lose in order for teams to get knocked in order for teams to come in. Mm-hmm. And they need to lose bad. Like LSU, if they lose, guess what? They're number four now. They're number five. Yep. They're not staying they're not staying that far. So you need a team like think about this. Oregon and Utah at six and seven need so much to happen right for them mm-hmm. if they want to make it in. They need Clemson to lose. They need Georgia to lose. They need something like that. If LSU loses, nope, that's not enough. No. If Ohio State loses, nope, that's not enough. If Alabama loses, they're not in the CFP, doesn't matter. So, like, they need so much stuff to happen right for them. It's so unlikely. Like, it's it's very much stacked against them right now. I know that this is all probably going to work itself out, and we shouldn't cross bridges before we come to them. But let's do it anyway for the chaos theory. Now, this is my chaos scenario here. What happens if Minnesota and Ohio State both win out? Ohio State would have wins over Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, all ranked teams and Minnesota beats them in the Big Ten Championship. So then you've got one loss Minnesota, one loss Ohio State. We could say Oklahoma wins out, they win the Big 12. We could say that either one of the Pac-12 schools end up winning in the Pac-12, and Georgia beats LSU in the SEC title game. Oh, and uh, Clemson wins out. Yeah, so the three the three schools that stay the same are, jo- are Georgia, LSU, and Clemson. They're 100% still in. I just want to make sure that I clarify this for the listening audience because that was a lot. Let's go through it one more time. Minnesota <laughs> beats Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship, so they each have one loss. Georgia beats LSU for the SEC Championship, so they each have one loss. Oklahoma wins out and wins the Big 12. You have a one-loss Pac-12 champion, regardless of whether it's Oregon or Utah. Clemson goes unbeaten, and they win the ACC. Then who do you leave out? You leave out... Minnesota, probably. You think so? Yeah. But then you have to leave out Ohio State, too. No, you don't have to leave yeah, out Ohio State. Yeah, you do, State. because there's no case for them, then. No, there is a case for them. They beat Penn State, they beat Michigan, they beat Wisconsin. They still have pretty good wins on them. Yeah, they lost to Minnesota, but Minnesota didn't have as strong a resume outside of that win over Ohio State as well. But they did beat Ohio State. They did. They got the head-to-head going for them, and I think that's what the committee's going to care about. Maybe, maybe, but I, I doubt that they're going to move them up that much. Like, let's say it's a 25-point win, sure, maybe. If it's a 5-point win, not going to move them up know. that much. I, I don't know. I really don't. I think the committee's starting to give Minnesota a little more respect. Yeah, but they're still at number 9, man. They are, but they've got a chance for a big win against Wisconsin this weekend. Wisconsin, I don't know how much that moves them up. They might need a few other teams to lose. I still think they should be ahead of Oklahoma. But Wisconsin's ranked 12th. If they can get the win there, they should move up a spot or two. And then they'll get their shot at the Big Ten Championship. It's a real possibility Minnesota could get in over Alabama. No, I think that Alabama, Oregon, and Utah each have the upper track on Minnesota. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I, know I, I think that, that I don't think the name brand for Minnesota is enough for the CFP to treat them fairly. Uh, I don't think that their win. Uh, I think a win over Minnesota would be good, but I don't think it would be enough to move them past any of those three. I do think that eight and nine are interchangeable, but six, five, six, and seven. And even two, if we're going to throw Ohio State in there, not enough. So the only teams that could afford a loss right now and still have a shot at making the college football playoff would be LSU 
and Ohio State, right? Everybody else they lose from here on out, they're done. No, I don't think Clemson's done either. Oh, yeah, they're done. You think they're done? Clemson, unless Virginia Tech finds a way to get back into the top 25, Clemson will not have beaten a ranked team this year. They're done if they, they lose. They have so much recognizability, though. Yeah, but you have to have a resume to go with. I mean, Notre Dame's about as recognized, as storied as you could ask for, and they don't have the resume to get in. Well, because they have a couple losses, too. Right, right, and that's what I mean. So if Clemson loses to an unranked team and they have no wins over a ranked team, it doesn't matter how good your brand is, you just don't have a resume. Well, either way, I doubt they're going to lose. Yeah, they play in the SEC, that's true. Let me ask you this, because this is interesting. We've got number 8 against number 2 this weekend, Penn State and Ohio State. If Ohio State wins that game... Do they have a case to be number one and jump LSU? Or is that Bama win still too good? The Bama win is still too good, not just because it was a win, but because it was such a huge win and stuff like that. Like, everybody was saying, going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Was not a good it, one. It kind of was a good one. I mean, the score wasn't indicative of how you know the game was played. It wasn't <laughs> a bad game, though. Alabama did come roaring back. They made it a game. That was a fully healthy Alabama squad. Right, and that, that's the thing. Yeah. But they did beat Tua. They don't have two anymore, but on their resume, they can say they beat Tua. Yeah. They can, yeah. I think Ohio State, just based on the eye test, is the best team in the country, but I hate the eye test. I think you have to have a resume, and LSU just has the resume right now. They do, yeah. And Penn State is a team that, despite having only one loss, they can't afford another. They're going to have to win the Big Ten, which they still can do because their loss came to a non-divisional opponent, so they have to beat Ohio State this weekend, and they'll still have a shot at going to the Big Ten Championship as the East Division. If they can win that, then there's a case for Penn State, provided Minnesota doesn't take a tumble. Yeah, there's a lot of weird scenarios for the Big Ten right now, but I still think that Ohio State holds their own destiny in their hands. I still think Notre Dame should be in the top four. Okay, of course. (laughs) I still think Stanford should. I'm going to put... If, if I get to pick my top four, if I get a vote, I'm going to put Notre Dame, Army, Navy, Air Force. I love it. Isn't that great? Yeah, that'd be a good one. Because those three schools lead the country in thank you for your service. <laughs> but you want to be the guy that tells me Army doesn't belong in the playoff? You want to be that guy? No. Go ahead, be that guy. No, I, no, no. no. I, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Danner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about this. Plus, at what point is the juice worth the squeeze? Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad you're along. Here's your Sports Center update. Last night, LeBron James became the first player in history to record a triple-double against all 30 NBA teams. Carmelo Anthony played his first NBA game since November 8th of last year. Melo scored 10 points on 4 of 14, shooting with 5 turnovers in 24 minutes. On paper, that wasn't a great effort for him. What do you no. think of Melo's performance? I was fine for not playing in almost a year. some positive year. stuff there, yeah. 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 People just like to see him on the court, man. Yeah. Uh, Melo draws crowds. and Should I'm he have glad. started? I mean, why not? I don't know, because he sat out for a year and three weeks. He only played half the game. I'm not too. <laughs> I'm not too worried about that. You brought in tickets. Did the Blazers win? They did not. 
Okay, maybe you shouldn't have started. Maybe you shouldn't have started. (laughs) And finally, a vegan man is suing Burger King for false advertisement of their Impossible Whopper. The lawsuit says that Burger King does not mention that the Impossible Whopper is cooked on the same grill as their meat-based products. The lawsuit calls for compensation for both the customer and others who purchased the sandwich. I still don't understand that. Like, I get it is a plant-based patty. But how? How do you take plants and turn it into a patty? Science is crazy, man. I honestly don't know how you can do that. Like, you can't just take plants and make it into a patty, like, so it resembles meat. How do you take the juice from a cow's udder and make it... milk? Yes, milk. (laughs) Like, but that's just what I'm saying, man. Food science is crazy. Food science is weirder than any other science. I can't do that. I can't go out and just take some grass and... Put it together and make it a hamburger. Did you see that Arby's in retaliation to the Impossible Whopper made a carrot out of meat? Yes, they did. I did. And I love that because I'm very much a meat eater, but I do want to go try it. Like, I've been so tempted to go to Burger King, order the Impossible Whopper, just to try it to see what it's Some, like. Somebody at 10 uh, actually tried the Impossible Whopper. Mm-hmm. They said it was actually really good. I, I heard somebody, I was out the other night with some friends, and I heard somebody, because you know the commercial came on TV, mentioned that she tried the Impossible Whopper. She said, it was good. You can tell that it's not meat. Like, it doesn't taste identical to meat, but it was still a good sandwich. Yeah. So I'm kind of tempted to try it, although you mentioned Arby's, and they had that Meat-toberfest or whatever last month, where they had the sandwiches on the pretzel bun. Burger King now has a sandwich with a pretzel bun. Oh, I know you're... I know oh, you and love, I love pretzel that. buns. I love anything on a pretzel bun. I even love pretzels by themselves. <laughs> I, I will never turn down a pretzel. Really? No. I, I, so I, I'm somebody that can't eat pretzels unless there's, like, the cinnamon on them. How, so who puts cinnamon on pretzels? It's delicious, man. You've never had cinnamon on a pretzel. No, it's a salty snack. What? Yeah. No. Pretzels are salty. You've never been to, like, a Wetzel's Pretzels or an Auntie Anne's? I've been to uh, to Annie's. Annie's Pretzels. It's nope. a Midwestern thing. I, I guess. Maybe not, like, Michigan Midwestern, but it's, you know, it's a thing. Iowa, Iowa. Midwestern. They have one in Des Moines. That's, like, the closest one. So usually whenever I'm in Des Moines, I get some of those. Nice. But no, pretzels are a salty snack. No way, man. Yes. No way, man. There's a movie theater in California called Oak Ridge, and they have a thing right next to their theaters called Wetzel's Pretzels. It's a pretzel. They cover it in cinnamon, and it's so good. It's delicious. I don't know about that. Cinnamon is like candy. It's like a sweet thing. Well, yeah, yeah. Pretzel's salty. It's supposed to be salty. No, you can have different styles of pretzel, but I think that this style of pretzel is superior. Are we talking like... Full, you know, Oktoberfest kind of pretzel? No, 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 no. It's, it's not like a full pretzel. It's like, it's like yay big. Okay. I, like, I, this is not good for the yeah, viewers. Yeah, good okay. radio. Yeah, great radio. <laughs> like yay big. Like, I want to say like... It's about a, the size of your head, like eight, in length. Yeah, eight inch diameter maybe. Okay. That's a big pretzel. It is a big... It's not huge. It's not like Eight a, inches? For, for like a... I mean... Well, how big is that? No, that's like six inches. Okay. If I had that, but well, how thick is it is the thing? The thickness like, of the dough? Yeah, like is it... You know, tall? Is it something that... Is it like a piece of bread? Yeah, yeah. It's like dough. It's not pretzel bread, I wouldn't say, but it's shaped like a pretzel. They call it Wetzel's Pretzels. Like, it's pretzels. So it's not a pretzel. It's just shaped like a pretzel. It is shaped like a pretzel, but, like, it doesn't... Like, you're talking about pretzel bread versus regular bread. It tastes like regular bread. So it's basically like the Impossible Whopper. It looks like a patty, but it's not actually a meat patty. Yeah, this was a great transition now (laughs) now that we've come to it. I just want to know how they make plants into a patty. I just, I'm flabbergasted by it. I'm stumped. stumped. I just don't know, and it bothers me. Like, 
more than I care to think this is on my mind. Nonetheless, uh, I think that there's no reason they should be suing. I mean, I, I do think there is some reason, because like, as a guy with 7,000 allergies, <laughs> um, if you make the food on the same surface, it can cause harm. Like, I can't have chicken that's been cooked on the same surface as fish, because mm. I'm allergic to fish. But unless somebody's allergic to meat, like, straight up, I think that's the only way you can be recompensated for this. Well, good news for you. Burger King doesn't sell fish. I don't think they do, do they? I don't think they do either. Who orders fish? At well, I'm also allergic to sesame seeds, and guess what? They have sesame <laughs> seeds on their bone. So you're a McDonald's guy? Not like, because you can't do the Big Mac because they have sesame seeds. I'm actually more of a Dairy Queen guy. Really? Lately. Like, I've been getting more into Dairy Queen. Dairy, Dairy Queen, Queen is good. Uh, and also Culver's. Culver's, automatically, Culver's they, they, really don't, they don't have any sesame seeds on their buns. Like, it's all good. Shout I, out to George Nini. Yeah, I just can't have any of the, uh, I can't have any of the shakes. Oh, okay. I'm a big shake guy, but mm. they make all the shakes in the same machine, and they, I know they have some peanut ones, and I'm also allergic to peanuts. You're learning a lot about me. Like, this is just a few of my allergies, folks. Ice cream at Culver's is so good, so I feel sorry yeah. that you can't have it. I'm a big milkshake guy, man. Are you really? Yeah, okay. huge milkshake So guy. what is the difference between Culver's milkshakes and other places' milkshakes? I haven't had Culver's milkshakes, like I said. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, like, why do they... Why is it okay for you to have milkshakes other places? Well, like, think about it. Like, you go to McDonald's, they don't have, like, a peanut shake, or they don't have anything with... They, they keep their peanuts entirely separate, mm. right? So I can eat a... I, I can have a McDonald's shake because they don't have anything with peanuts. But if you, yeah. go to, if you go to Dairy Queen, if you go to Culver's, if you go to... What's another place? Wendy's. Wendy's I can have. Big fan of Wendy's burgers, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wendy's is underrated, man. Yeah, it I'm is. I'm not a big fan it of their is. fries, though. not a big fan of their fries. Yeah. Okay. I like Culver's fries. Okay. But e- either way, we're, we're getting off track. I respect it. Yeah. Um, but basically, if they have some, if they if they make ice cream with peanuts, it just involved, like a peanut butter flavored thing or, or mm. a nut flavored thing, hazelnut I know is a big thing right now. If that's the case, I can't have anything. Okay. But if All they right. don't have that, I'm in the clear. Pretty darn good. Yeah. So, like, what do you do if you accidentally have one? Do you have, like, an EpiPen or something? I or? do, yeah. I keep it on me at all times. It's actually in my car right now. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, if you, you're real prepared if I happen to be eating, like, a peanut butter cup or something here. Well, I mean, like, I'd have to eat it. Like, okay. I would just feel a little lightheaded. Mm. I, I would just feel lightheaded if it was near me. But Kind of yeah. like I feel right now. Yeah. Like, I swear, I'd be getting hungry if I had an appetite, if I wasn't sick as a dog right now. I'd be getting hungry with this conversation. But you're not hungry at all? No. No? I don't have an appetite. I'm not that hungry either. <laughs> uh, when is the juice worth the squeeze to be able to take a line from Lizzo? Well, for the Houston Astros, they cheated to get a World Series back in 2017. There are people that are calling for the Astros' heads. They want Rob Manfred to come down hard on Houston. The thing is, Houston could be forced to vacate that World Series they could be forced to lose draft picks, to have other punishments going forward. Still won a World Series. Still had the parade. Still got mm-hmm. to celebrate it. I mean, yeah, you can vacate it. You can't ever vacate what happened, those memories. You could go into it thinking, yeah, I know this is wrong to do it. We might lose this title officially, but you never really can take it away from us. In that sense, the juice might be worth the squeeze. You can't. What's the What's the phrase? You can't. You can. You can burn the pictures, but you can't erase the memories. Right, right. Yeah, there we go. It's stuff like that. I mean, personally, I don't think anything should be done. Mm. I think that you you give them a slap on the wrist and you say, hey, we're watching you guys now. If you do that stuff again, that's when when stuff's going to hit the fan. But, I mean, 
What what are you going to do? Well, they could vacate the title. I don't think they're going to do that. They could take away draft picks going forward. I think that's the best thing you can do, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the best thing you can do. Or you can do stuff like lower their salary cap, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just make it so that they can't perform at the same level. You know how at the college level, if you have like a really bad recruiting violation, you can slap a program with the death penalty? What would be the equivalent of a death penalty to a pro sports team? Moving them to Montreal. <laughs> Montreal's actually got somewhat of a passionate sports fan. Base, I know, though. I know. Let's move them to like, like <laughs> Tulsa or somewhere. Ooh, Tulsa, a really mid. Helena, team. Montana. Helena, Montana. I'm, I'm impressed. You know how to say that? Really? I hear everybody. I used to be this way, and then you know I was taught by people from Montana. It's not Helena. It's Helena. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised somebody else knew that. Props. Well, it's geography, man. I've always been pretty good at geography. I can name all 50 states in alphabetical order. I can locate them all on the map, and I can name all of their capitals. Okay. Useless talent, folks. <laughs> what would be another franchise that would be like a good punishment? Like, not because it's a bad sports city, but because you would lose money, you'd lose out on attendance. You have to have a marketing deal with Johnny Manziel. Yes. How about Santa Fe? Mm. The Santa Fe Astros. You could actually get away with that. I think that that actually be a good. I think that would be good for them. Actually, you think but, Santa Fe yeah. would be a good sports city? Well, for the Astros, I think that they, the Astros have a lot of fans in New Mexico. They probably do because who else are going to be a fan? I actually of? have the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I actually have a friend uh, in New Mexico, and mm. he's a big fan of Alex Bregman and the Astros. So everyone's a fan of Alex Bregman. Yeah, I don't know who's still an Astros fan, but everyone likes Alex Bregman. Yeah. He didn't put up cameras in the outfield. I really wanted the Nationals to win that World Series. <laughs> I'm glad they did. I saw the question on MLB's Facebook page earlier today. Who is your favorite player that's not on your team? Would it be Bregman for you? Mm, probably Bryce. No, I'm oh, just, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm Bryce Harper. No, I mean, I really like Mike Trout. Really okay. like Mike Trout. Really like Albert Pujols. Oh, who doesn't like Mike Trout? I really like, I mean, I admire greatness. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other people. Max Scherzer, I really like. I'm trying to think of a lesser-known player that I really like. For me, it's Brian Dozier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, well, he was on your team, so is that cheating? <laughs> it is kind of cheating. I could probably give a better answer than that. Somebody who's never been on your team. Never been on the Twins. I like Neil Walker. Mm, that might okay. be out there a little okay, bit, but that's I like a, that, Neil that's Walker. very out there. Yeah. Okay. He's a good guy. I like what he does off the field, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Neil Walker. How about that? for me? Mm. Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado. I, I really like Arenado. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. Arenado. What is it about Arenado? I don't know, man. He's just flashy. I like the look of him. Also, the first ever time I uh, played fantasy baseball, mm-hmm. I got him, mm-hmm. and it was good. All right. Did you see the Brewers came out with new uniforms? Yeah. They What'd look you good. Think of them? You like them? They look good. I really like, th- I mean, I like the basic design. Mm-hmm. The, hey, it's just a white jersey, but, it, like, I don't know. I don't want to get into the specifics. It's right. not white. It's cream or whatever. I don't want to get into that. But they kind of hint at the throwback look. Like, they pay homage to the heritage. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like the classic design look. Uh, if we're being honest, I like the Padres uniforms a little better than the Brewers. Do you? But I, yeah. I'm the opposite. Really? Yeah. I like the cl- I like the classic, like, light brown and They whatnot. pull off brown about as well as you can. I'm just not a big fan of brown. Uh, I mean, I guess that's fair. No. But I asked our listeners here on Twitter, what do you think of the Brewers' new uniforms? The... Poll had the options for love them, like them, they're okay, and awful. Love them. Got 48% of the vote. Almost half of our listeners love 
the Brewers' uniforms. 24% said like them, 14 said they're okay, and 14% said they're awful. I didn't think that many people would hate them. It's encouraging, though, that almost half the people love them. Yeah. yeah good for the Brewers. They put, I, think they any time, I think any time you throw back to a nostalgic era, mm. it's going to be good news. Well, we're seeing that with Disney Plus being the trend right now. Yep. I literally bought Disney Plus just for Mandalorian. <laughs> I haven't used it for anything else. <laughs> I watched National Treasure 2 on there last night. <laughs> How's it going? Better movie than people give it credit for. I know it's cheesy. I get it. All the historical inaccuracies, but I like it. Yeah. I, like I mean, it. he's not stealing the declaration, so it doesn't get the credit it deserves. He kidnapped the president. Doesn't matter. It's not stealing the declaration. <laughs> what is more impressive, stealing the declaration or kidnapping the president? No, because you, you can build trust with the president. You can't build trust with a document. But he's a complete stranger. Is he? I mean... Well, he, he was in the movie. Well, then, yeah, here's what you do then. Here's all you need to do. Like, okay, I would have had a much better plan than Nicolas Cage, okay? <laughs> you build up their trust, okay? You work the operation. You play the long con. You don't just pretend that there's a secret cave underground or something. I think that's what happened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I've seen this movie twice, folks. So, like, I'm trying to remember w- what the deal is. You don't pretend there's a secret cave and then convince him to, to, to not put to not bring the Secret Service or whatever. And he only kidnaps the president for, what, like five minutes? That's all he needed him for. Yeah, so that's not really a kidnapping. That's a, he brought him into a secret conversation. We'd like to welcome in our listening audience from the FBI because they're hearing about a plan to kidnap the president. Oh, yeah. successfully yeah, do well, it. Well, that's how you do it. You play the long con. <laughs> that's why you got to be careful of everybody. You play the long con. Better movie than people give it credit for, though. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take our last time out. When we come back, what's your favorite pregame snack? Well, we're going to have a good discussion on this next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, check out the Sports Pen podcast on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and get the on-demand there. Tanner Hoops, John Michael, hopefully with you. Glad you're along. What is your favorite pre-game snack? Think back to your playing days. Maybe you're still playing. we got a lot of adult leagues here. I'm actually pretty impressed with the adult recreation leagues here and how well run it is and how competitive they are. So what is your favorite pre-game snack? I don't know, man. I haven't played in a long while. And back when I was playing water polo, you can't eat anything. Otherwise, really? you're cramping up. I thought you had to carbo-load. You had to carbo load the night before. Uh, Does that count? Okay, so yeah, yeah. So what what would you carbo load on? <laughs> We'd always carbo load on Olive Garden breadsticks. <laughs> uh, but I don't think I don't think that's much of a snack. It's pretty salty. Yeah, it's pretty snack. salty. Um, I don't know Good, though. I mean, when I was playing baseball, like obviously there was Big League Chew that we always had and mm. stuff like that. Big League Chew was awesome. Sunflower man. seeds, Big League Chew. I can't eat sunflower seeds. I'm oh, allergic geez. to this. Yeah, that was that was a real pain for me, man. Walking around, a, a, like there's sunflower seeds all over the floor, mm-hmm. always, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, always, one hundred percent of the time. Well, I tell you what, for one college hockey player at the University of North Dakota, it turns out that chicken wings and a lot of them are his favorite pregame meal. So North Dakota's in Denver playing DU. One of the North Dakota defensemen finds out that he's not in the lineup that night. So while everybody else goes to warm up. He goes to a restaurant five minutes away from the stadium and orders half a pound of chicken wings. And while he's eating the wings, he gets a FaceTime saying, one of your teammates is sick, you're in the lineup tonight. So he Ubers back to the stadium. 
He rushes to get on his gear and get on the ice, scores his first career collegiate goal, which proves to be the game winner, all after ingesting half a pound of chicken wings right before puck drop. American dream right there. Isn't that great? Yeah. I have so much respect for that guy. Yeah. He's my hero. No, it's stuff like that's awesome. <laughs> I have never had an experience like that. There was a time when I ate McDonald's chicken tenders mm. before a water polo game, and I sucked. You sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was really bad. I wonder if he's going to keep on eating chicken wings now before a game. No, you have to. You have to. It's suspicious, man. Yeah, if it's working for you, you better do it. Every single athlete I know is suspicious. You mean superstitious? Superstitious. That's are, you, the word. are you superstitious? Of course. Of are course. you really? Everybody's superstitious. I'm not. You're not. No. No. Don't believe in superstition. So, so would you step on the foul line walking walking out on the baseball field? Well, no, because I think that's just a sign of respect. Okay. It's just tradition. Okay. Would, would you step on the dirt? On the, like the pitcher's dirt? No, 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 no. Like when you're walking out on the oh, field. Oh, gotcha. Like along the baseline. Yes, yes, yes. Well, my high school was a turf infield, so never really had the shot. <laughs> there are a lot of th- there are a lot of things man like um i mean th- even when i was playing baseball like every single time i went up to bat i had the same routine mm-hmm. unless i went 0 for 5 then i had a different routine <laughs> so what was your routine my routine okay this is a really weird routine okay so i would go up and i was 6-1 when i was 12 okay so i'm still that same height i have not grown an inch um but I was really tall, so what I always really liked to do was just mess with the catcher and the umpire, and I would walk up there super tall, and I would lean back as far as I could. I'm also I was also like pretty flexible, so I would lean back, 100% straight leg out to the side, <laughs> lean back, and I would end up being like one and a half feet, and uh, so I would lean back, crouch entirely on my right leg, my back leg. And uh, I would wait until like five seconds before first pitch, and then I would get into my regular stance. Why? Because I got a dub with people. Well, the first time I did it, I was like, "There, they were like, Michael, just go out there and do something stupid." <laughs> and then I hit a double, and I was like, "All right, this well, you is got to do it now. Yeah, this is a forever thing now." <laughs> so, if you were really tall at that age, I'm gonna guess you were a first baseman. No, I was a center fielder. Really? Mm-hmm. You don't usually stick the tallest kid in center field. I was, was you the tallest kid? I, I, I mean, I, there were a couple other guys. There was a guy named Alex who was really tall. I can't remember if he was taller than me. I think he was. There was a guy named Trent who was taller than me. Um, I did play a little bit of first base, but I wasn't really good at first base. Mm-hmm. I was really good at center field. Um, I could always catch fly balls. I wasn't fast, mm-hmm. but... Oh, um, yeah, that's a good trait in a center fielder. Yeah, unlike most kids... I wasn't afraid to catch fly balls. <laughs> so th- I think that's where I really had the edge. So I was a pretty good fielder. Um, I was a terrible hitter. I struck out a lot, but I did have good pop. I did have, I did have some good power. So I was a good fielder and a good power hitter, but I could not hit the ball. <laughs> so you were the Joey Gallo of your team. If you make contact with the ball, it's going a long way. Otherwise, you're striking out. You're not fast, but you play the outfield consistently. Yeah, and sometimes I play first base. <laughs> you know, I'm I think kinda... I played shortstop once Did too. You really? Yeah, That's once. Tall shortstop. I, I played shortstop once for like an inning, and nothing came my way. My second baseman turned an unassisted double play. I was really happy. Mm. He got the ball. I was like, "Oh, he's going to toss it to me, and I'm going to I'm going to be part of a double play." <laughs> but then he just tagged the runner who was coming straight to him, and then threw it to first. I was like, "Dang it!" I was really tall back in the day too. I was six one when I was twelve. When I ended high school, I was like 6'2 or 6'3. I was a second baseman. 
Yeah. As a tall second baseman. Like, if there's any player that's short on the field, it's your second baseman. Yeah. Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve. I don't think Dozier's very tall. No. Second baseman kind of have little man syndrome. Yeah. I'm not. I wasn't that way, though. <laughs> I tell you what. They, good memories, though. Yeah. I miss playing baseball. I miss baseball weather. I didn't get sick during baseball weather. I still had a voice. Yeah. I tell you Dude, what. It, it, weather's killing me, man. I feel you, you know, but... Gotta gotta keep pulling through because we got a big weekend coming up this week. And in case you missed that, John Michael and I are going to be on the call for the MHSA Radio Network. We'll be calling the eight-player state championship games from the Superior Dome on Saturday. 11 o'clock kick for Colon and Sutton's Bay. Then a 2 o'clock kick for the D2 matchup between Portland St. Patrick's and Pickford. It's going to be fun. It's the first time you've been up here since we've had the eight-player games here in uh, in Marquette. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen eight-man football in general. It's not, really? a thing. it's not a thing in California. It's not. Which is why I've literally been studying for the past two days. Because <laughs> I knew I've been doing this. I knew I, I was going to do this. So I'm trying to figure out all the rules and make sure I know everything. I've called games before. I've called hundreds of football mm-hmm. games, but never an eight-man game. So. so do they have anything but 11-man in California? Not that I'm aware. Of. Like, really? not that I'm aware of. They only have eleven man, from what I've seen. Because Texas, I know, has like nine man. I think they have a six man division too. I think South Dakota has a nine man division. Really? It's weird. Like, I don't know how you do that. Iowa does have eight man. I never did it while I was in Iowa, but I have a little bit of familiarity with it. It's kind of a fun game, though. I wouldn't be surprised if California had eight man. Just I, I used to read the newspaper every single day. I used to read the sports section every single day, and I never saw eight man. I tell you what, though. Let's see what else do we have here. We've got the Warriors. Man, are they starting to pack it in on this season? I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> and that's bad to say, man. Just tanking for whoever's going to be the number one overall pick. Wiseman, probably. Wiseman. It's whatever the the Warriors need, and they need a center. They have everything else. Who do they have right now at center? Uh, Kevon Looney. Oh, but yeah, he, he, right. he, he always hurt. gets hurt. Yep. <laughs> Every single person on that team is hurt. What's Zaza doing nowadays? No idea, no but idea. we need to give him a call. Yeah, go get Zaza. You think Bogut could still do it? I really I really wish, but no. <laughs> I really like Andrew Bogut. I mean, where's Andres Biedrins nowadays? Who? Biedrins. I don't know. He used to be the Warriors center. How about Nikola Mirotic? You know who I really like? Who I think, I mean, he always gets hurt too, but I've always really thought he was like pretty good whenever I saw him play. Nikola Pekovic. Really? Yeah. That's a name for you. Yeah. Former Minnesota Timberwolf. Yeah. Nikola Pekovic. I don't know what he's doing now, but I always thought he was pretty good when he wasn't hurt. <laughs> Those Timberwolves teams back when he played like 2013, they were so bad. They yeah. Had, like Ricky yeah. Rubio was their number one guard, and he was still pretty good back then, but they'd pair him up with like Alexi Shved. <laughs> I don't need like that's the thing, man. I'm not of all the four of the four major sports. I'm probably into basketball the least, and the fact is that most of the time I can still name starting fives. But when you name a guy like that, I have no clue who that is. I think he's playing like Croatia now or somewhere. That's where all the not good enough NBA players go. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to say that they're still really, really, really right, good, but, but they're not going to make an NBA roster. So they go overseas. They play in Europe. They play in Turkey, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Lithuania, one of those basketball countries. Yep. I tell you what, though, college basketball has been interesting, to say the least, as of late. We have a lot of parody this year. I mean, have you followed college basketball very much? I like it. Yeah, I've been following it a little bit more just because I have to be into Michigan State now. And, of mm-hmm. course, the Pac-12 just utter garbage at basketball. Are they? 
Yeah. They're kind of surprising some people, I think. Maybe this year a little bit, but in general, like, of, of the Power Five, what would you say is the weakest conference? Um... We, we know already. It's the Pac-12. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, other than Arizona and, like, I guess maybe Oregon. Maybe. <laughs> like, how many Pac-12 teams were in the tournament last year? Oh, jeez. Arizona was in. Yeah. Lost in the first round. Oregon was in, mm. lost in the first round. Arizona State was in a first four. Yeah, they were. Lost yeah. in the first round. We're fighting James Hardens. Yeah. Like, other than that, I can't think of anybody. <laughs> like, it's just a bad basketball conference, so I haven't been into it as much. Like, women's basketball, Stanford's pretty good. Sure. Um, so, like, I don't know. I just never really followed it as much when I was a kid. I'm getting more into it now, mm-hmm. just because I have to follow Michigan and Michigan State. But, yeah, there is a lot of parody. Like you said, the fact that Kentucky... Lost to Evansville. Yep. I, 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 I don't like that Michigan State stayed at three after Kentucky's loss. Yeah. They were number three. They stayed at number three. I think that was a good game. That was a was really a good, good game. game. And I think, I don't know. And when I was watching it live, it seemed like Michigan State just didn't have a pep in their step. Mm. I think it was just a bad game. They played poor that night, and Kentucky played out of their minds. Or at least Tyrese Maxey played out of his mind. If they played again, Sparty would win. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I think Michigan State still has the most talented roster by far. They returned everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, to keep them them at a disrespect like that, I think three is a little low for them. Even Duke being the number one team, can anyone really name somebody else besides Trey Jones? Doesn't feel right. No. I tell you what, though. With that, we're hitting the 5 o'clock hour. Tanner Hoops, John Michael, hopefully with you. Appreciate you being here, my man. What's going on over at ABC 10? Of course, we got the Thursday, Monday, Minute, whatever you want to call it, on the Packers, Niners coming up. Uh, Obviously, I've already given you my prediction, and I've given you my stats. But, you know, I always give that little extra flair in Monday Minutes. And then, of course, we're going to try to do a Thursday throwdown, which might air on Friday. We're just all over the place with these dates. With Madeline Kosky, Tyree's working on that as we speak. And then, of course, in December, come December, we're going to have the Iron Mountain feature if they make it to States, and we're going to have a feature on NMU captain, Phil Ballou. Hey, all right. Yeah, you've been working hard on that Phil Ballou yeah. feature. <laughs> What's it been a couple months now? been a couple months, yeah. I, I have a couple more things I want to film, and then I can start editing. It's going to be a 15-minute package. That's it for us here in the Sports Pen. Back on tomorrow, same time and place, health permitting, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. It's my hope you join me. For John Michael Hoefling, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UPWZAM. Ishbaming Marquette.